0: r-Rahim. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Conviction Project. When I was about um, in grade 12, um, I went to this person for consultation, and while having conversation, I told him where I live. I told him that I live in Peace Village. For those of um, those listeners that may not know what Peace Village is or where Peace Village is, Peace Village is a small neighborhood um, in Maple, Ontario, um, where there is a giant mosque. And around that mosque, there is houses and streets that are named after um, Muslim scholars and Muslim caliphs of um, the Ahmadiyya Muslim Jama'at. And in that area, anybody can live. But while I told this person that, you know, I live in Peace Village, he said to me that, oh, is that a closed community? Is that an area where only Ahmadis are allowed to live? Or is that an area where only Pakistani people are allowed to live? And, you know, we come at a time where white supremacy, racism are heavy topics. So I thought, you know, why not talk about something that's relevant to our community and try to apply that outside to the global national community. I'm here with my friend, the Imam Farhan Iqbal. Farhan, assalamu alaikum.
1: Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah.
0: Farhan, you know, this is uh, our first part of um, a three, four-part series where we're going to talk about, you know, this topic of racism, human rights, and inclusion. Um, And what I wanted to get to, what I wanted to talk to you about was this idea that you have to be Pakistani or Urdu speaking to be an Ahmadi Muslim.
1: Yeah, Marij, actually the thing is that uh, if we can extend this conversation to a national or probably even international conversation that is taking place nowadays about uh, white supremacy and and, uh, how some people are out there, even in 2017, who consider their race to be superior to others. And uh, sometimes in, in our community, uh, in Canada, we can't we can't talk about the whole world, but we can talk about Canada. That in Canada, there is a feeling uh, by some uh, th- that some n- new converts might have that uh, you know this uh, this community is just Pakistani mostly, and uh, that's who they are, and uh, they feel you know a bit left out. So, so. Is that coming from culture or is that coming from the faith? And the answer is that some of these things actually come from the culture; they have nothing to do with the religion. You look at the Quran. There are so many verses. There are so many verses uh, which talk about justice and equality. For instance, there is chapter five, verse nine, is a very famous verse of the Quran, which says, (inaudible) "Ya yuhalladina amanu kunu qawmina lillahi Lahi shuhada'abil qisti." وَلَا يَجْرِمَنَّكُمْ شَنَعَانُوا قَوْمٍ أَلَىٰ أَلَّا تَعْدِلُوا إِذْ دِلُوا هُوَ أَقْرَبٌ لِلْتَّقْوَىٰ Which means, O ye who believe, be steadfast in the cause of Allah, bearing witness in equity, and let not a people's enmity, incite you to act otherwise than with justice. Be always just that is nearer to righteousness. So the Quran actually equates justice to righteousness and says that even with your enemy, you have to be just right even even someone who wants to kill you you have to be just with that person and the quran is just full of these verses everywhere um there is no compulsion in religion you cannot feel that your religion uh, makes you superior to others um there are there are other verses in the Allah says that you should be just you know very clearly these verses are there um then uh, the mo- the most important verse for our our discussion is the verse that says inna akramakum indallahi allah says clearly that the one who is most honorable the mo- one who can feel superior to others in in a sense is the one who is more righteous Right. It's not, you know, superiority is not based on your race or on your ethnicity or just simply belonging to a certain faith. That's not the real person who is more respectable among you, more honorable among you in the sight of Allah, in the lahi, in the sight of Allah is he who is most righteous.
0: And, you know, um, <clears throat> thank you for saying all that, because I think these are important things that people should know. But at the same time, I can't help but think that. Um, there may be some people that hold this idea that um, righteousness comes from knowing a certain language or righteousness comes from belonging to a certain faith or righteousness comes from being um, from a certain geographical area Um so how do we tackle that mindset? What are some practical things that we can do to tackle that mindset?
1: You, you know, that that's. I, I'm very happy that you asked this question because that does happen. Uh, so people uh, from any given faith, uh, they belong to a certain culture and they, they have a certain language and they start associating their language and culture with the faith and start feeling that that language is also part of what makes them better than others, right? And and it's in reality, uh it has nothing to do with that. And so in the time of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, the same thing could have happened. And the Prophet said that you are all brothers and you are all equal. None of you can claim any privilege or any superiority over any other. An Arab is not to be preferred to over a non-Arab, nor is a non-Arab to be preferred to an Arab, nor is a white man to be preferred to a person who, who has uh, colored skin. Or a colored person should not be preferred to a white person, except on the basis of righteousness. Uh, someone who is more righteous would obviously be more, more humble, he would have a connection with Allah, those other qualities come into this so you can say okay somebody is a respectable person in the community because he's righteous because he is closer to Allah because his prayers are always accepted that kind of respect and honor is there but not on the basis of your ethnicity or as because it's obvious that Islam came to the Arab people and Arab people could have started feeling superior to others and the Prophet Muhammad wanted to put a stop to that wanted to end that wanted to make sure that the Arab people Uh, don't start feeling any superiority over others. And he, uh, in the same sentence, uh, he said that the non-Arabs should also not, you know, get into that later on, you know, when when Islam would be more successful uh, among the non-Arab people. Uh, He didn't want them to start feeling superior to the Arab people.
0: And, you know, um, as you're talking about this, I'm thinking about, you know, um, language and I'm thinking about the Arabic language and how Islam was revealed primarily in Arabic. And then you have the Amviya Muslim Jamaat which is primarily revealed um, in Urdu. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but does that mean that to be a good Muslim you would have to know Arabic and Urdu? And to what extent would that be?
1: You see, at Arab- a the Arabic language obviously has a role to play. Uh, it's, it's, It's a feature, you can say, it's a feature of our faith that, for instance, in order to read the Quran, the Quran is in the Arabic language. That's how it was revealed. There are many reasons why that happened. I mean, that's another topic for another day, why the Quran is in Arabic. That's another topic. But, We have the Quran in Arabic. God spoke to Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, mostly in Arabic. There were a few revelations in other languages, but it was in Arabic. And so, a Muslim who wants to study the Quran in detail and to know the 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 intent of that message and the meaning of that message and the context of that that message, he has to um, study Arabic Uh, and and at least the Arabic that is part of the Quran, which is classical Arabic, it's not necessarily colloquial or modern Arabic. Similarly, a person who is praying as a Muslim has to pray in, 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 in the Arabic language. And there are reasons behind that. It's another topic for another day. And then there is there is in this day and age the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Gulam Ahmed, peace be upon him, wrote a large number of books in Urdu. He wrote some books in Arabic as well, but he wrote a large number of books in Urdu because Allah chose this language in this day and age to convey his message to the Messiah. And and so a person who is associated with the Ahmadiyya Muslim community has to uh, try and learn Urdu if he wants to go to the original uh, words of the promised Messiah. Of course, we have translations of his works in many different languages. We have translations of the Quran as well in many different languages. But if someone wants to study the faith in depth, right, he has to to get into that and he has to he has to uh, uh, study the language uh, f- in order to improve his understanding that you know that's like a technical thing it does not affect a person's superiority
0: and, and you know as you as you're talking about the scriptures I'm thinking that you know a lot of um, traditional scriptures if we take the Bible for example was originally revealed um, and correct me if I'm wrong in an Ar- Aramic language is that
1: right? Uh, the the Old Testament was originally mostly written in Hebrew, Hebrew, and the New Testament was actually written in Greek. Greek uh, Aramaic was not the language that was used uh, to write, for instance, the Gospels. As far as I know, uh, the Gospels were originally written in Greek because the language of that time, the written language of the Roman Empire at that time, was Greek. Everything was written in Greek and discussed in Greek. Right, yeah. and
0: and you know, and now majority of the world probably doesn't study the Bible in that language. And, right. and, and I'm sure that, you know, something
1: is lost in the translation.
0: And I, I guess it speaks but, to... But those
1: who, are, those who are scholars, those who want to go in depth, they actually learn classical, it's called coin Greek. Um, it, 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 they learn coin Greek uh, in order to understand what the Gospels were originally saying. And those who want to study the Old Testament will learn Hebrew as well.
0: Right. And, and, you know, in, the, in Islam, almost everyone has to learn Arabic in order to read the Quran. And I think that's a key difference um, in kind of keeping traditions and keeping um, past uh, ideas alive. And, you know, while you're talking about speaking Urdu and, and learning um, the Urdu language to understand um, the Ahmadiyya Muslim Jamaat better, I was reflecting on hearing um, two things and i'll share the two things and then we'll wrap up um, the first thing that i was thinking of was um, at the Jilsa solana the annual convention in germany this year uh, mulana azur hanif who is african-american gave an entire speech in urzu and i think that yeah. really said something about you know the role that an individual ahmadi can play in order to get that proper understanding and the second thing that I was thinking about was the diverse kind of um, nature of the promised Messiah Islam. He was of Persian descent. He was born into, um, he, he wrote primarily in Urdu, but he was born in the the state of Punjab, which majority of it was Punjabi speaking. So he was well versed in about three different cultures. And he came at a time which the British were in charge of, the Indian subcontinent. So that's about four different cultures all colliding into one figure
1: and actually I'm not going to go into details but that actually sheds light on why the promised Messiah was sent in the Indian subcontinent that actually tells us why and so if you go for instance to Ghana where I've been um, you will see that uh, people are there all Africans and some of them are speaking Urdu and uh, you know you will feel as if the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is just uh, African people you will you will not even be thinking about the Pakistani people too much right uh, because there are, they are a really small minority there. I mean, most of the 95, 97% of the Amadi Muslims in Ghana are, 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 are Ghanaians, right? And similarly, if you go into other places, you see the same thing.
0: And, you know, for, for some of our youth that I've talked to, and I'll just wrap this up here, and I'm sure we'll, we'll go into this in our next uh, podcast. The issue about religion and culture comes at a time of marriage. And all of these things are very equal, and they seem well understood when we're talking about this. But when it comes to marriage, something goes amiss. And to find out what that something is, tune in next week to our podcast, The Conviction Project. This is the Conviction Project, where we leave you with no doubts about Islam. <laughs>
1: It is the truth from thy Lord. Be not therefore of those who doubt.